Welcome to Coaching Kids Curling, a podcast for youth curling coaches and program organizers. I'm Glenn Gabriel, a certified curling coach who lives in Pickering, Ontario, Canada. My mission is to give you the advice, resources, and inspiration you need to make your program better. In late March, several provincial curling associations will be hosting the Adapting Thriving Coaching Conference. In this episode, I preview one of the sessions, How to Teach Strategy and Tactics, with Laurentian University curling coach, Ryan Lafraniere. Ryan Lafraniere is a competition development certified coach, master learning facilitator, and evaluator for the Northern Ontario Curling Association. In March, he'll be one of the presenters at the Adapting Thriving Coaches Conference. He joined me recently to talk about his background in coaching and the challenge of teaching strategy and tactics. Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, you're going to be leading a session at the upcoming Adapting Thriving Conference, and it's going to be called How to Teach Strategy and Tactics. But before we talk about the actual session, I wanted the listeners to learn a little about you and your background in the sport. So I'd like to start there. Uh, when did you start curling and, and how did you get interested in the sport? Uh, yeah, I started curling uh, mid-90s, I think around 1995. Um, I was young at the time. I think I was eight years old. Uh, but my father had curled. So I remember going to the club. I remember him bringing me out to the club and uh, watching the games and and at the time, thought, "Ooh, this is this is kind of interesting. I kind of like this," and and kind of uh, got into it from there. Started in the Little Rocks program with uh, with a few of my friends. So uh, it all kind of started with my my dad being out on the ice. Right, and you eventually got into the competitive side of curling. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you got into like the bantam competition, the uh, juniors, and even high school. Could you talk a little about that development? For sure, yeah. No, we started uh, we started in the, in the Little Rocks program up in Sudbury at uh, at the Idlewild, and then from there, kind of graduated on to uh, to Bantams. Uh, at the time, there wasn't a provincial Bantam championship uh, or U you know U eighteen uh, division now, um, so we only played regionally. So you know Sudbury, North Bay, uh, Sault Ste. Marie area. So uh, curled, uh, curled competitively, if you will, uh, during that time and, and had some of the same teammates for, uh, for high school. So curled competitively uh, there as well. Uh, went to uh, a couple of OFSA uh, championships uh, there and then eventually graduated into juniors and uh, U21s where uh, had found some success, I guess, uh, and made it to uh, a, a national championship representing Northern Ontario. Right. And eventually you got uh, to curling in your university, correct? Yeah. So shortly thereafter, you know, there's, there's a little bit of a, a, an overlap with uh, U21s and, and junior curling in university. So curled for uh, two or three years for, uh, for Laurentia University when uh, they were getting their curling program back up and, and running after a little bit of a hiatus. So I was fortunate enough to curl at uh, the OUA or the provincial championships, as well as a couple of uh, university national championships 
uh, in the very early days when it was becoming a, a sanctioned and recognized uh, national uh, university sport. Let me ask you about your coaching. I, I noticed, I can't remember the exact article, but I think it had to do with the fact that you uh, carried the Vancouver Olympic torch. <laughs> and uh, it mentioned that you had become a coach I know in my mind, relatively young, maybe even as young as in your 20s, like early 20s. It's it's fascinating to me when young people become coaches at that age. Uh, could you talk about how you got recruited to become a coach, if you weren't recruited after all, or how, how did you get into coaching? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, one of the things, uh, one, one of my coaches, uh, Alan Arklander from, uh, from Sudbury, um, you know, was always big on on ensuring that, uh, you know, even at a young age, you kind of give back uh, to the sport. So uh, having seen some successes and uh, having gone through the Little Rocks program, uh, he suggested that uh, myself and, and a few friends take the uh, introduction to coaching uh, course at the time. So it was a, a level one technical course. Um, I guess it would be a, a club coach course now. Uh, so I think when we turned 16, uh, we ended up taking a course at the Idlewild and, um, I, I remember enjoying it. I remember learning a lot. Um, and I remember being able to take some of those skills and help out on Sundays in, in the Little Rock program, volunteering a, a little bit of time, especially in, in high school, looking for some of those uh, community service hours. And, and the coaching course helped improve uh, my game as well. And it just kind of snowballed from there. You know, a level two uh, technical was offered. We took some theory courses as well, a, a few friends uh, and myself. And we ended up um, doing a little bit of, of extension to that, coaching, coaching in Bantams. And it kind of uh, snowballed from there. Um, ended up, you know, enjoying really working with uh, folks that were uh, younger than me, not that much, but still younger. Um, and, and enjoyed doing that so much that it ended up um, being a career of mine as I kind of transitioned into uh, teaching after that and, and working in, in a high school. So I uh, kind of started young with, uh, with my own coach, uh, you know, getting me involved in, in taking those coaching courses and then working with uh, some of our, uh, our little rockers. Yeah, you had the chance to work with some of the uh, the the more I was going to say famous names, but can you tell us about some of the coaches you worked with and and were your coach mentors uh, as you grew as a coach? Uh, for sure, I, I know that I, I mentioned uh, Al Arklander from uh, from Sudbury. Uh, he was my uh, junior coach for uh, for many years, and uh, you know when I transitioned into into university. Um, Jan Pula was, was, uh, one of my coaches and, and she is still coaching, uh, Laurentian university or helping to coach Laurentian university with me. Um, so, uh, certainly they have been my influences over the last, uh, many, many years. And, uh, I've had, uh, several opportunities to work at, uh, summer curling camps over the years and, and coaching symposiums and, and courses. Uh, so have certainly learned from uh, many others uh, down south. Um, you know, Jim Waite ran the Trillium Curling Camp for uh, for many years um, up in uh, up in Thunder Bay. Uh, and Dick Henderson, uh, who was our uh, NOCA technical director for uh, for many years, um, also also helped out Tom Coulterman from the Sioux. Um, and then working with all these individuals at the camps and and outside the camps have certainly. Uh, these, these folks, I, I've learned a ton 
from these folks and, and they've kind of um, allowed me to become the coach that I am today, you know, learning, learning from some of the best. And, and you've had your share of success, of course. Uh, I think many of you people know that you, you're the varsity coach over at Laurentian. Uh, could just talk a little bit about that. Yes. So this is, uh, I think, my ninth, my ninth or tenth year that I've been involved in uh, Laurentian University uh, athletics and coaching their, their varsity teams. Uh, we've had success over the years on both the men's and the, uh, the women's side. Uh, most recently with the women, um, we've won uh, a gold medal at the OUA championships in, in 2017 and a silver medal in 2019 and won two uh, Canadian U-Sports championships in, in 2017 and, and 2019. And was fortunate enough to uh, go with the 2017 um, national champions to uh, China as part of the uh, King High International Bondspiel representing Canada. So that was uh, quite, uh, quite an experience. So, so we've, we've been able to, uh, to see some successes anyways in the last uh, four or five years uh, on the women's side. Yeah, that's excellent. And if I read the article correctly, it was their Laurentian's first national title for quite a long time. It, I think it was close to 30 years. Uh, the last time Laurentian had won a, a Canadian championship, and that was during their, uh, the, our women's basketball run in the uh, late 80s and, and early 90s. So, um, yeah, it had been around 30, 30 or so years since, uh, since Laurentian had won a national championship. So it was, it, was a, it was a great experience to be able to represent the city, city of Sudbury and, and our university at, at the national level and bring home a, a championship. Excellent. Now, let me uh, move over to the conference now. Uh, of course, you're going to be teaching a session called How to Teach Strategy and Tactics. Uh, I, I'm, I always like to ask coaches, especially ones that uh, grew up in the sport, about uh, the his, a little bit about the history. Could you tell me back in the day, like when you started curling or when you started in bantams or juniors, what was it like teaching or what, how did coaches back then teach strategy and tactics, if, if even tactics was or strategy was a term back then? Yeah, and I, I think that that's, that's uh, an important part or comment that you made there uh, with respect to strategy and, and tactics. Uh, it wasn't later on, uh, until later on, that I kind of discovered that, that the two are, are different terms. The word strategy means something different than, than tactics. Strategy being kind of, you know, the overall game plan. And the tactics are the specific shots that uh, we're going to play to implement the game plan or to, to implement the, the strategy. So uh, I think, you know, even, uh, you know, 15, 15 years ago, um, and, and even still now, I mean, people are, are, are not um, able to differentiate between the two. So going back, you know, years when, when I was starting to curl and, and coaches introducing these, these concepts, it was usually, you know, what shot to play when. And I mean, the free guard zone has changed over the years. So, you know, it was a three rock free guard zone uh, back when I started uh, teaching. So it was, okay, we do this here and we do this here. And then we, you know, we move on. Um, and, and that kind of thinking has changed a little bit. You know, now there's, there's a lot more conversation about uh, team preferences, opposition uh, attendancies, uh, preferred shots, um, you know, data collection, 
um, in, in terms of developing the, the strategy and then taking that information and then applying it to different scenarios um, in a game to actually look at tactics. But, but to go back to your question, it's, you know, strategy um, was there. We would use the term strategy to talk about specific shots but it has become so much more uh, complex uh, as we've kind of progressed through the last uh, uh, few years. Well, Ryan, I want to go right back to the beginning and where, like I work with Little Rocks Curlers myself and very much so uh, I work with also with new adult curlers and I, I want to take it right back to the start. So I have these new curlers in and you know, you teach them the technical basics, but where do we start teaching them strategy? What would you say is the first step on the road to teaching them strategy and or tactics? For sure. Yeah. New, new curlers, new curlers aren't, you know, curling a hundred percent like, like on TV. So um, once they kind of have a, a good grasp of, of the technical skills in starting with strategy, um, you know, going back to the, to the basics and even, you know, the old school, thought process of you know with with hammer you want to play to the sides why do you want to play to the sides well you want to keep you know the the center open so that you can at least have an open shot to score with hammer and then without hammer you want to play to the center um because you want to junk it up so that the other team doesn't have you know a free pass to uh to score you know multiple points so just understanding that at a, at a very uh, young age uh, becomes important because those are some foundational skills that will uh, carry forward, right? The, the basics, and then you kind of expand on that as the skill level um, increases. But even simple things like, you know, with Hammer, uh, you know, you're looking to score two points. That's, you know, we, we've talked about that for decades in, in curling, but the, that's kind of what you want to do with hammer. Without hammer, you want to force your opposition to one point. Uh, when you're losing by lots of points, you want to keep rocks in play. When you are um, up by lots of points, you want to you know, hit what you can see. You don't need any more points to score, so why are there rocks in play? Those kinds of, of simple concepts um, will certainly uh, lay the foundation for then uh, developing uh, you know, an overall game plan, developing strategy, and then moving into discussions about end plans. And then uh, later on, starting to talk about scoreboard management as the experience level increases. I, I think when we had our previous phone call, you, you used the word progression. And I think that's the perfect term for what you're describing here, that in order for someone to get to the end plans, to the data analysis and that sort of stuff, you have to start at the beginning. You know, I, maybe it's like a musician that has to learn how to play scales first before they learn jazz, right? Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's exactly right. It, it, it's, it, there's, there's a progression. There's a sort of uh, hierarchy um, where uh, we, need, we need to understand, you know, uh, X, Y, and Z uh, before we move on to those, those higher you know, thinking concepts um, and having those rich team discussions about what um, what our strategy is going to look like in certain games, what our end plan is going to look like in certain games, and then how that's going to translate to the specific shot selections uh, out on the ice, given a whole bunch of different variables. 
in what you were describing before, it's very simple. And I, I love simple when it comes to kids. You got to keep it simple and, and you have to keep repeating it. <laughs> I find yeah. that that's important. Uh, but it also has to be fun, right? Uh, and, and strategy is a very tricky thing in that it cannot, it, there's a lot of times where it's not fun. Uh, I can I can speak for myself when I was learning, and we had to sit in a room with a big magnetic board and a house with little rocks on it, and mm-hmm. and I went I was bored to tears, <laughs> and if and if I'm bored to tears, I can only imagine what the kids are are feeling when we use that same strategy. So, well, sorry for the pun. Uh, how how can we bring an element of fun to teaching strategy to kids? Yeah, for sure. I, you know, uh, especially when we're talking about young kids starting to move into to strategy and, and, you know, trying to get them to to remember and to keep it as simple as as possible. Um, it, it's important to, you know, bring in uh, visual aspects, audio aspects, um, you know, even even the kinesthetic components as well. So one of the things that uh, oh, we've done in the past to, to start to lay the foundation, specifically as it relates to, to, to strategy for some of our uh, young kids, is to get them to start thinking about word associations or to find uh, pictures. I mean, this can be done off ice. Uh, find pictures on the, on the internet. Make a collage of something that would, you know, be... Uh, defensive minded, if we're talking about strategy and we're talking about, you know, defensive play or protecting type play, you know, what, what sort of images come to mind, you know, and, and, and kids are, are so creative and, and they're able to come up with a whole bunch of different things. Uh, you know, in the past, they've come up with, you know, a, a picture of Mr. Clean or they found <laughs> they want to keep the house clean because that means that there's no shots so then from there, we can start to talk about, okay, well, when you think of Mr. Clean and you've got the logo, you know, what songs come to mind? And then they start to, you know, oh, the jingle, the Mr. Clean, yeah, Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean, you know, that sort of stuff. And it's like, okay, and, and what colors would you associate? Okay, red. And then you, you can move on and you can tear that and start talking about, okay, well, uh, from there, how can we act out a scene of something that is defensive or from all of the things, the music, the images, the words, the colors that you've come up with, how can you begin to act out something that is defensive or how can you role play or how can you mime or how could you do a tableau and ex- and explain to us uh, what it means to be defensive, right? At the, at the very basic level, uh, you can have costumes or you can do a skit or whatever that is, right? But it's right. it, certainly gets them engaged in the process and gets them thinking and and the very act of doing allows them to better recall what type of of strategy a team might have defensive uh you know uh, aggressive or pursuing or or balanced attack and probing um and, and kind of branching off of that to to try and get them to to remember and certainly make it a little bit more fun or engage them in the process of learning some of the basics uh, absolutely i could tell you if if i asked my kids to do a dance based on the word defensive they'd never forget it <laughs> they'll they keep they'll keep at the end of the season and years from that point on they'll probably say something like you remember when we did that defensive dance and they'd probably do it. Like that's how memorable 
these sort of things are. So yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I'm going to try that, you know, whenever the season starts back up again, I think. Now, now I got to say there's always, you know, but again, it's the progression, right? You gotta, you gotta look at, you know, how old they are, you know, what's their attention span, uh, you know, that kind of teaching aspect of it. And then, you know, uh, you talked about the, the strategy board with the magnets and yeah, that's, that's down the line. You know, you mentioned progression again, that's down the line in terms of the progression of, of where we might end up at, uh, in the end, as we kind of move through our, our strategy and, and tactic learning. Right. And it's important to, this is based on our previous phone conversation and it's important to, uh, to make sure that the kids or any new curler understands the particular lesson before you move on, correct? It, it's not just good enough to assume they know it, or even if they say they know it, it's actually testing them even to make sure that they know what you're, uh, the, the concept you're trying to teach them. Oh, no, for sure. And, and you know, um, if we go back to the, the skit example or the dance example, uh, that's a perfect opportunity where, you know, you can, as a coach, consolidate the learning um, for, for the athletes and offer feedback and question and, and probe and prompt and, and get them, get them to think, um, you know, testing itself, the word can, can certainly be daunting. Um, but, but as a coach, you're always looking to, uh, come up with ways in which you can, uh, assess the learning that has taken place. So it's not just, here's the concept I've taught it. I got to move on. It's, uh, okay, here's the concept. Do they know? How do they know? How can I create something or come up with something to make sure that I know they know uh, <laughs> before, before moving on? And, you know, in edges speak, that's, that's called assessment for learning. Um, but, but always trying to gauge where they're at in their learning before moving on. Because as soon as you move on and they don't understand it, now we're just kind of, you know, compounding um, some of the difficulties that they might have moving through that progression of, uh, of, of, of learning uh, about strategy and tactics. Maybe you've already answered this, but uh, I'm just trying to remember as, as we're having this conversation now, but what is the most challenging part of teaching strategy to new curlers? Um, quite often new curlers don't, don't have a a general grasp of, you know, what the, what the goal is, uh, especially when we, you know, when we, they, they, they know, especially very young that, you know, they, they got to score points, but the way in which they go about scoring the points, knowing that they're, you know, shooting, you know, if we're we're looking at percentages, you know, shooting 20 to 30%, um, you know, they they got to somehow, uh, you know, we're we're teaching about strategy, um, but they've got to somehow meld the strategy together and what was taught and and realize where they're actually at in being able to make shots. So, you know, it's one thing to have a discussion about being defensive, um, you know, uh, having a uh, protecting type strategy. And it's one thing to know that, oh, it's about keeping it clean. But then it's another thing to to actually be out on the ice and, and realize that the athletes can't get the rock down to the other end. If we're talking about really, really new curlers. Right. So, um, 
it, it's it's a fine balance between that and as you mentioned at the beginning that where they're actually at in terms of their technical abilities versus you know how we're actually teaching the progression and laying the foundation for strategy but then being able to implement it is 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 a bit of a challenge yeah i think any adult learn to curl <laughs> uh convener slash teacher would feel that same way I, I know i did when i taught adults so I think every coach has a toolbox or at least in the, a bag full of different equipment or, or things they use to teach certain concepts. Uh, I mean, an example is using a laser or a piece of rope uh, to teach line of delivery. Is there a piece of equipment or uh, something that you can keep in your bag that, that would help you teach the, uh, the ideas of strategy and tactics? Yeah, and, and again, at the, at the very you know, young level, um, you know, any, any colors, any handouts, any, you know, pieces of paper, pencils, things where kids can jot down any type of technology, you know, a phone, a computer, right, to, to go through the basics of, of trying to, to understand some of the things that are there are certainly um, concrete uh, things that can, can be placed in, in, the, in the toolbox. But those materials don't actually have to be physical either. Um, you know, something, something as simple as, as a song or, you know, uh, a command term or, you know, some type of team word or, or something like that can help kids uh, remember or remind them of, of what to do. Or maybe it's, you know, a green felt on, on, a, on a, uh, a glove to denote like a goal, which means a representative of, of, of what the team should do for strategy or, or something red on another glove. Um, and there's really nothing stopping uh, certainly young kids, because I mean, it's hard to remember this stuff um, from, you know, having little notes in their pocket or sayings in their pocket or pictures in their pocket to help them uh, draw on some of the things that were, that were discussed. So always having, you know, uh, colored things, pencils, papers, um, you know, uh, music, phone, whatever that might be, uh, certainly handy. Be being creative is never, a, uh, is never a bad thing. So I know that I always like to, you know, when COVID wasn't around, uh, go, go to Dollarama and just walk it up and down the aisles <laughs> and, and see, you know, okay, I'm looking for stuff for strategy. Oh, this looks interesting. How could I use this? Or oh, this looks interesting. Or who this? And just filling my cart worth of stuff, and then trying different things to see what would stick. Ryan, you're giving away the coach's secrets. I know I that's. Know. I know. <laughs> uh, Dollarama. I I can't tell you how many times I go up and down Dollarama and just look for stuff I can use on <laughs> for my weekly uh, Little Rocks lessons. So. Oh, this is only two dollars. Yeah, put it in the cart. <laughs> you know, what's the worst that could happen, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, uh, Ryan, thank you for uh, uh, answering these uh, strategy questions of mine, especially from a young person slash Little Rock's angle. Uh, but I want, also wanted to uh, give you a chance to uh, tell people, uh, you know, what can, what can the participants expect from your presentation? It, it's not, I mean, I'm asking from a youth perspective, but just generally speaking, what can they expect? Yeah, for sure. Um, so the so the session will will ultimately begin right with 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 the basics, kind of what uh, what we chatted about here. 
um, taking a look at, you know, some general rules that some young kids should, should follow, especially given their technical abilities. And then moving on to, you know, some, some I, I like to call them Ryan's really rocking rules. There's seven of them um, that, uh, that kids can remember something very easy, uh, things that we all kind of know. And then moving on to things like, you know, what, is, what does pro pursue protect mean? Or, you know, in the old language, defensive, offensive, and balance attack, talking about, you know, the key and the control zone. And then moving on into things like end plans and then what would dictate uh, specific tactics out on the ice. And then uh, towards the end for our, our more experienced curlers, when we talk about the LTAD model for, for curling, you know, training to compete and training to win stages, how, how we can take a look at scoreboard management and use uh, some statistical analysis to um, really decide on, on what kind of, of strategy we might want to use in a, in a given game and then what sort of specific tactics uh, can be used as well. So, you know, we focus on the foundational stuff in, in this uh, particular uh, webinar at the coaching conference and then go all the way to the end on, you know, here are some, some really high-end things. Um, but without that, that base and without that, that foundational knowledge, the stuff at the end and, and the progression kind of, uh, you know, might get lost. So, so we kind of go through the whole gamut of the uh, LTAD model. Excellent. Yeah, I can't wait to, uh, to see it myself. So, Ryan, thanks so much for joining me. And I know the listeners will really uh, appreciate you talking with me about this uh, session. Uh, the session, of course, is part of the, the Big Adapting Thriving Conference, uh, and I believe March 20th and the 21st of this year. And uh, I'll, I'll put out the information about how to register and, and everything like that in the show notes. But if people want to get in touch with you, uh, what's the best way they can do that? Uh, email is great. Um, it, folks are, are more than welcome to email. Um, my email address is rx underscore Lafreniere, L-A-F-R-A-N-I-E-R-E, at Laurentian.ca. I'm usually pretty good at, uh, at getting back within, uh, within a day or two. So if uh, folks have questions, uh, more than happy to, uh, to answer them through, uh, through email. That's great, Ryan. Again, uh, thank you for joining me tonight. No, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. So that was my interview with Ryan. To recap, the Adapting Thriving Conference is an online conference to be held on March 20th and 21st. Ryan's session on teaching strategy and tactics is on Sunday, March 21st at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The conference is free, but you have to register in advance. So, to register, or for more information, visit the Ontario Curling Council website at ontariocurlingcouncil.com. A link to the conference website will also be available in our show notes. This has been the Coaching Kids Curling Podcast. To reach me, Coach Glenn, please email coachingkidscurling at gmail.com. To subscribe to our podcast for free, visit our website, coachingkidscurling.com. You can also find show notes and links to the resources mentioned in this episode and in previous episodes. The intro and outro music is Golden Sunrise by Josh Woodward. Thanks for listening. Good luck and good curling.